0: Last week, we began a new series called I Have Decided. Would you say that with me? I Have Decided. We talked about two disciplines last week. The whole series is around disciplines. That almost doesn't sound like very, very exciting until you understand the spirit behind disciplines. Disciplines is the door to your freedom. Discipl- disciplines is a door to your liberty. Let me give you an example. If you sat around all day, slept all day, ate all day, did meth all day, drank all day, watched soaps all day, you're not going to be very successful in life. Amen. Because that would be pretty much you're not very disciplined. But when you operate in disciplines, uh, it will change your, your life totally. And so it's it's not called the d- depression of disciplines, or it's not called the heaviness of, d- depression of, of, of disciplines or the weight of disciplines. It's called the celebration of, of disciplines because we believe that as you celebrate disciplines and you add these to your life, you can grow. doesn't mean that you're going to be loved by the Father anymore. You don't do disciplines to get loved of the Father anymore. He loves you perfectly now. You're not doing disciplines in order to uh, gain his favor. You're favored by him if you're a believer. But there's areas that you can grow in. You can grow in the grace of God by adding disciplines to your life. You can grow spiritually. You can grow an understanding and knowledge of God. The Bible says, knowing the truth will set you free. Well, a lot of people aren't free because they don't know. And so when you have disciplines, for example, we're going to be covering the discipline of study. When you have disciplines in the area of like study then you can grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Today, we're going to talk about the disciplines of guidance. As we go into the sound, which is a, a very, very prophetic time, uh, I want to talk to you about guidance. I want to talk to you about uh, real practical guidance through God's Word, etc., and prophetic guidance, and I think both of them can really, really uh, help you. I want to cover just briefly the two disciplines that we talked about last week. How many of you can remember those two disciplines? Uh, what was it prayer and fasting. wonderful say this with me prayer, prayer. and fasting. fasting prayer i think is the number 1 discipline because as soon as you begin to pray you can be right in communication with god the father Okay? You can be right in communion with the Lord. You can call out upon his name. He hears you. You can pray throughout the day. You can pray in school. You can pray in that class. You can pray at work. You can pray if you're arguing with your boss. You can pray. You can can call on the name of the Lord. That's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful discipline. The Bible says to seek first. We need to keep first things first. Jesus should be number one, not three or four. Not 20th or 30th. He should be number one. And he should be the center of our entire life. One and center. Seek first. The other one was fasting. Fasting is a bit unique because uh, it can be very challenging. I have never figured out why it's called fasting because I get slower when I'm fasting. But fasting is very, very, it can be very challenging. My flesh absolutely doesn't like fasting. And so it's, it's pretty amazing that sin first came into the world through eating. And so fasting, um, it, it, if you fast, you know, like, for example, it's according to what fast you choose, but it can be not eating or it doesn't have to be not eating. It can be partially not eating. I talked last week about different fasts in the Bible. I think one of them is called normal fast. Will you say that with me, normal fast. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and then he was hungry. Doesn't say he was thirsty. Devil tempted him. Hey, if you're the son of man, turn these rocks into bread. Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He was hungry. He was tempted to eat because he was on a normal fast. Say that with me again, normal fast. That's a normal fast. You can have a partial fast. Daniel had a partial fast, fasted 21 days. He didn't eat like meat and rich foods and so forth and so on. You can fast a, a partial fast. 21 days he did that, and it was, uh, it was effective. Uh, then you have an absolute fast. Absolute fast sounds exactly like it is. That's no food or no water. Paul did an absolute fast. Esther did an absolute fast. She called all the Jews to an absolute fast. And she even called the animals, don't even feed or give your animals anything to drink. She was needing a move from God to save the people, the Jewish, the entire generation. And God heard from on high. Then you have a supernatural absolute fast. You're like, wow. Moses fasted 40 days and it looks like he didn't eat nor drink. That's supernatural, and that's absolute. He came down off the mountain, saw what everyone was doing, partying around a golden calf. He goes back up, and he fasts again, it looks like, for 40 days and 40 nights. That's absolute fast. Jess, if you do an absolute fast, you will absolutely die. (laughs) You can't go forty, eighty 80 days without food or water. It it would have to be supernatural. And it looks like Elijah did this too for 40 days and 40 nights. So those are different fasts. There's even media fast. People, you know, their food is not their thing. But it's like, man, media is. Facebook and on and on and on. So they choose to pull away from media. The point with fasting is that it can cause you to to grow closer to God to make life a little more simple, less busy. It can cause you to humble yourself before the hand of God. It can cause us to be hungry for the things of God. It can cause our prayers to be heard on high, to see breakthrough in your life, to see strongholds pull down in your life. There's a lot of benefits from praying and fasting. Uh, What I didn't want to do is put heavies or any type of legalism on anyone. I encourage you to seek the Lord, to ask God how he would have you to do that. And if you've never tried it, I encourage you, you might want to try a meal or you might want to try a couple of meals or however God would lead you. Amen. That's the two disciplines from last week. Today, I want to talk about the the discipline of guidance. We're going to go through about 12 disciplines throughout this series uh, one of the greatest things that you can do is grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4 says this, and I think this happens with discipline. 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4 says grace and peace. How many of you got any room for grace and peace in your life? How many of you don't want grace or peace in your life? It says this, grace and peace be multiplied to you, and it tells you how. In the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. It's important that you and I gain knowledge. I think as you add disciplines to your life, like study, like praying, like faith, you can gain gain knowledge. And it's not like God has changed, but God reveals things to you. You go from... Glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to God. He can take you to the next glory, and all of a sudden, revelation comes, and you have a new understanding of God and his ways, and and like, wow, just a new level. And he goes on to say, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the, here we go again, knowledge, God wants you to know him. God wants you to know his ways, not just play church, not just come CEO or CEO, Christmas, Easter, and occasionally. (laughs) I mean, he wants you to be all in. He wants you to know him and know his ways through the uh, knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we've been given us exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Pray with me as we dive into guidance today, this beautiful discipline. Father, thank you for this time. I pray that you would reach us. You would speak to us. You would touch us. Thank you for those that got water baptized. We pray that you would protect them. I pray for anyone that come in here today that doesn't believe on you, that even right now, this very moment, you would speak to their life. We thank you that you're here. Two or more gathered, you are here. We're asking for your anointing. We're asking for your direction, transforming power in Jesus' name. And everyone said, God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. God is speaking to you. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. Holy Spirit wants to guide you. Holy Spirit wants to help you. It's not that God just wants to speak to you. God is speaking to us. If he's speaking to us, jail, why don't we hear? I believe there's a sound above all sounds. There's a lot of sounds out there. You can hear the snowplow go by, buses pick up kids, and cars everywhere, and music, and Facebook, and Instagram, and TV, and business, and intercoms, and on, and there's a lot of sounds out there, and it seems to be drowning out the sound that's above all sound, but God has a sound for you. It's almost like a, a frequency, almost like an AM radio. God is speaking. He wants us to tap into that sound above all sounds. And sometimes, like an AM radio, you have to adjust to be able to hear. But he is speaking. There is a God frequency that he wants you and I to hear. He asked me to ask you, when, kids, when did he stop speaking? Well, God hasn't stopped speaking, but sometimes it's hard to hear Or we don't tap into what he is saying. John 10, 3 and 4 says to him, The doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Do you know his voice? Today, if you don't, it's not about beating you down. It's that God wants you to learn and to hear and to tap into the sound above all sounds. He wants you to be, you also, not just for yourself, but to be a carrier of that sound. He wants you, a generation who's going to pursue his voice, led by his voice, carry his voice to a generation of people that don't even believe upon him. God is speaking. His words are so powerful. He spoke and light was created. He spoke and there was Adam and Eve Then he spoke to Adam, he spoke to Eve, he spoke to Cain, God spoke to Noah, God spoke to Abraham, they were like friends, spoke like face to face, God spoke to Moses, God spoke through men and women, he spoke to Anna, the prophetess, God spoke throughout the Old and New Testament, and guess what, God is still speaking. He wants us to have ears to hear and a heart to receive what he is saying. Hebrews 1.1 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to fathers, by the prophets, we have two prophets coming in next week, and I can guarantee you that God is going to speak through them. Matter of fact, God is already speaking to them. Uh, I've, I, I got one text for one of them that God has given him some different things, and uh, one of the other prophets reached out to Amber and said, God's been waking him up in the middle of the night, giving, giving him words and people's names, and God, the sound is happening. The sound never stopped. Stopped. The problem is, is that we're not always good of hearing what God wants to do and say, but God speaks. He has spoken, he's speaking, he's speaking today and God speaks in various ways at various times. I want to begin today by giving you five really good, I think, good smooth stones to put in your pouch on finding the will of God for your life. To know, the, you don't have to ponder or, or walk around or confused. You can know what God has you to do. You can, have, you can understand the will of God for your life. I want to give you five smooth stones. Now, after the five smooth stones, I'm not done yet. I want to go a little bit more into the areas of the gifting and prophecy and so forth and so on. But I want to begin with five smooth stones of hearing uh, the voice of God. It's almost like panning for gold. You know, you got to work through some of the mud and sand and dirt, and then all of a sudden those nuggets uh, surface. Uh, Sometimes we have to pan for the voice of God for the nuggets of his voice, the sound uh, to come through. The very first thing that I think that we should have in our quiver or in our little stone pouch is the Logos word of God. Everyone say the Logos. Logos. The Logos. What do you mean by Logos? The written word of God. God wants you to be in his word. As you are in his word, listen to me right now. People say, I, 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 I don't hear from God. Could it be that you don't hear because you don't read? You ain't going to hear if you don't read the Word of God. The Word of God is speaking. The Word of God is alive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword out there. It comes to pierce your heart, separate the soul and the spirit of, of the man, even to the mire of the bone. God is speaking. Are you reading? You can't expect to hear from God if you're not in his Logos word, if you're not tapping into his word, if you're not. Listen, when you pray, you pray. But when you read, you're going to hear the voice of God. Are you reading? Number two, Rhema. say that with me, Rhema. You know, that Logos, let me, this is for free. That Logos have, has led Rating and I in our journey for many, many years. That, that God has specifically dissected his word for me to live by and to, 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 to even, you know, direct our paths. He wants to speak to you through his word, his Logos. And then you have the Rhema. What do you mean by a Rhema? I would call it Holy Spirit quickened word. Once again, you got to be in the Logos to get a Rhema. But man, when you're in the Logos and you're meditating, you're reading it, you're hiding it in your heart, and all of a sudden, God speaks to you, and it's like something just jumps off of the page. The rhema breathed on, Holy Spirit Word, it comes alive. You're like, wow. I, I, I was really seeking the Lord, Radine and I together, of where to plant Heart of the City Church. Many years ago. And I was in the Word just doing my daily devotions on a, on a Saturday morning before we were doing a wedding in southern Idaho. And all of a sudden, this, this Word just popped off the page, and it was the Word copper. I was just reading Deuteronomy 8, and this scripture, Deuteronomy 8, 9, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. That's the land we're going to plant the church in. In which you will lack nothing, praise God. A land whose stones are iron and out of the hills you can dig copper. And that word copper just like wow. Out of the whole Bible, the Rhema word, breathed upon word, jumped off the I asked Ray would you read this chapter? What is God speaking to you? And she said, Copper. <laughs> Do you know that we didn't we didn't place the whole Uh, A thought or all the wisdom on one word out of the Bible, copper, but it played a huge role, a massive role of where we church planted in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, that word copper. God wants to speak to you through His Word, He wants to speak to you through His Logos. And he wants to speak to you through his rhema, his quickened word. The Bible says this, John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. I'm telling you, stay in God's word Jo, I I'm not hearing, and I would challenge you, are you reading? Are you in God's word? Because if you are, he's going to speak to you. Number three, say this with the, the multitude of counsel. These are five areas that I think that you can direct your life by to know the will of God for your life. By the mouth of two or three witnesses. When I say the multitude of counsel, I'm not talking about me, myself, and I. You understand that? I'm talking about the multitude of counsel, people that you trust. The Bible says, blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. So you can get counsel from the ungodly and get some wrong counsel. I'm talking about God-fearing people who walk with the Lord. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. The, number one, go back to number one. And in his law he doth meditate day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in season, and whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. All from the word of God, meditating on it, reading the word, hiding it. Multitude of counsel. Multitude of counsel, I want to let you know, saved my future. Listen to this scripture, Proverbs eleven fourteen, 14. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I'm telling you, if you're only pulling from your own mind and your own advice, I tell you what, it can lead you down a road of destruction. Let me give you a little story that I'm not very proud of. But I came around and thank God that he's taken care of Radine and I. Years ago, I would asked Ray Dean to marry me, because that's a wonderful thing to do, and I made a great choice of in a gym parking lot to ask Ray Dean Morgan to marry me. And have you ever heard of uh, ice feet before, or frozen feet, or what is it called? Cold feet. Cold feet. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the problem was is that mine was way beyond cold. I had like absolute zero feet for some reason. What it took place was I asked Radine to marry me and everything was cool. And all of a sudden, some of the things of my childhood that uh, I hadn't been completely freed of and completely healed of, I started dealing with major anxiety. And I'm not talking about butterflies before you speak. I'm talking about Anxiety that would handicap me talking about panic attacks. I wouldn't want to leave my house and so forth and so on I started having these feelings and I connected it to Ray Dean and it really really began to impact me. So I Started pulling away immediately I'd given her a ring asked her to marry me and now I was looking like the biggest jerk in America But no one really knew what was going on inside of me Radine came and found me at a work job site. She's like, what is going on? When you don't show up at your engagement party. (laughs) See, I'm making all the dudes look good right now. They're like, hey, I never did that to you. Right? Guys are like. She came to me and. I didn't know really what to say. I was just really hurting inside and confused. And I was like, wow. And I said, hey, keep the ring and date other brothers. (laughs) Sensitive. (laughs) I wasn't too sensitive. I didn't know what to do. And so I left for a season, went back to Kentucky, was gone for maybe a month or so. And then I came back, and literally I was coming back to I think I, I was pretty I had my mind pretty made up that I was just going to pack up my stuff and move back to Kentucky. And only because of the grace of God, I asked the elders of the church to meet me at JB's restaurant. And I just sat down with them, and there was quite a few of them, and we sat down, and we began to talk. And this was in Eureka, California, many, many years ago. And I just told them what was going on, and each one of them, began to share it with me around the table. And out of the multitude of counsel, it saved my life. I heard the voice of God. I came to my senses. I went back to Radine, asked her to marry me again. <laughs> and she graciously said yes. And because I listened to the multitude of counsel, I am married to the greatest woman in the universe. And God is, amen. Everyone say multitude of counsel. You can hear God's voice through his logos, through his rhema, through the multitude of counsel. And number four, let the peace of God lead you. Let the peace of God lead you. I love this one because you can't manipulate God's peace. You can't buy it. You can't jive it. You can't fake it. It's there or it's not. God wants his peace to rule in your heart, and you can do a a good check to see, is there peace? Listen to what Colossians says. Colossians 3.15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. Everyone say the peace of God. The last one, number five. I believe if you take these five smooth stones, put them in your pocket when you're trying to make decisions. Did you notice so far that I did not use feelings? I didn't use feelings, but I find out that some people, that might be at the top of your list. Oh, I just feel. I, I, I feel I should move. I, I, I feel, I feel. What? One day you're going to be feeling like this. And the next day you're like. And the next day you're like. the next day you're. Like, You're going to go by your feelings? Have you lost your mind? You're going to open up a business on your feelings? You're going to marry someone because of feelings? Adam did not hook up with Eve because of feelings. He hadn't even seen the chick. God created him out of his rib. It was from a place of devotion. It was a a place of commitment. It wasn't looks. It wasn't feelings. That's for free for somebody. Common sense. Number five, common sense. Common sense is your fifth one. Number four, Logos. Number two, Rhema. What was number three? Multitude of counsel. four. Last one, common sense. My son or a child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them. Proverbs 7 7. I saw a naive young man and one in particular who lacked common sense, and then it goes on to share what he did. I think he hooked up with this chick and it just took him all. Jail? Uh, I'm going to pursue my soulmate. <laughs> okay. You're married. So is that your wife or husband? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to pursue my soulmate. Well, you're married. Yeah, but I'm going to pursue my soulmate. Time out. I got a word from the Lord for you. You're married to your soulmate. Amen. You're married to your soulmate. Pursue the person you're married to. That's your soulmate. That's what I mean by common sense. You don't need a prophetic word. You need to listen to the word of God. Amen. Amen. Everyone say common sense. sense. He speaks in various ways, different ways. He speaks through pictures and dreams and prophetic and prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, even angels. King James says he spoke through an ass. He speaks in all different types of ways. God will speak to us, and you can't put him in your little religious box. Next week... You could maybe, I, I don't know what it's going to look like throughout the sound. But if you have a particular way that you think that God should speak to you, if he doesn't speak to me like this, J.O., it's not from God. You need to be very careful of that. God can speak any way that he wants to. And by the way, God is still speaking. There is a, a movement since, uh, help me out here, since, uh, yes, thank you. Say it real loud. Say it real loud. That's a movement, and the, th- the reason why, if you ever look at the word and you try to say it, it'll jack you up. Like it's kind of like Ponderay. Don't never look at the word. You just need to. Say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like Poon. What? My point with that is that some people believe that things like the gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues of those different things, have ceased with the apostolic age. And we don't believe that here. Do you know why? Because it's not true. <laughs> it's too late. It's already happening. God is speaking. He's moving. He's filling people with the Spirit. He's, he's, he's distributed gifts. There's people, prophets, fivefold ministry, healing, and on and on. I, uh, right before the church plan, I was praying, God, because of David. David, one time he counted uh, Israel and it wasn't a good thing and there was judgment that came on David. Then he counted again and everything was good. And I was like, Lord, do you want us to? I know other churches count, but do you want us to count? I believe in counting because every person counts. Amen. And I was just seeking him. Lord, do you want us to count? I mean, is that godly? I mean, you're good with that? I got out of my truck immediately. As soon as I stepped out of my truck, I looked, and I was in front of a store. And right on the store was a a, a big window, and the window had a painting on it. And it was a Serta painting, and it was about mattresses. And there was little sheepies with little numbers on each one of the sheep. (laughs) And you can say, God spoke to you? Absolutely. I know without a shadow of a doubt, I don't care if everybody in this room disagreed with me, I know that I heard, I know that I know that God spoke to me through a crazy, surda, sheepy mattress on a window painting. God spoke to me. Uh, jail. he didn't wave his hand over you, and he didn't use spiritual words, and he wasn't in a church setting. Hey, don't be like Naaman. Naaman was a wonderful stud of a guy, completely uh, just a, an amazing dude. The king loved uh, Nahum. The Bible says he was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And so the king had heard a servant girl had said, hey, I wish I could get my master uh, to this this country because there was a prophet there and he could get healed. And so his king heard about this and his king loved Naaman. And so he told Naaman, I'm going to write you a letter to that king and I want you to go take it because his king wanted him healed. He was just a great guy. So Naaman takes this letter to the king of Israel, I think it was the king of Israel, if I'm not mistaken. And, he, and it says, uh, basically, I'm paraphrasing, flow with me a little bit. You know, my, my servant here has leprosy. I want you to heal him. And the king was like, you want me to heal leprosy? What are you doing to me? And he tore his clothes. And then the prophet Elijah heard about this. And Elijah goes to the king and is basically going, what's going on here? Why would you tear your clothes? And he told him the story. And then Elisha does this with Naaman. Listen to this real good. Second Kings 5, 10 through 11. Elijah sent a messenger. Everyone say messenger to him. That was offensive. Saying, go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you. You shall be clean." Now, how many of you, if you had leprosy all over your body and a prophet comes to you and says, I want you to go dip in the Coeur River, how many you would you go dip in the Coeur River? Even if it was 32 degrees, I'd be dipping like crazy. <laughs> Seven times, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to just tell you. I, so say you have cancer all over your skin. Hey, you're going to be healed of cancer. Go to the lake. You want me to dip? How many times? I'll dip. But look what Naaman did. Naaman, the Bible says, look what it says, but Naaman became furious And went away and said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come to me. And first of all, come to him, not send a messenger, come to me. And stand and call on the name of the Lord and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. So Naaman had in his mind the way that this should happen. You need to let all that go because we want the Holy Spirit to lead And I don't know exactly what's going to happen exactly, but it's going to be good. And so they may not come to you and go, I don't know. (laughs) But don't get offended if they don't talk the way that you want them to talk, act the way they want you to act spiritually. That's not what it is. God wants to be God. We want them to have freedom to be who they want to be and don't get offended and and lose your miracle. I remember Radine and I had invited one of these prophets years ago, probably 20 plus years ago, to a youth conference called SnowQuest. His name was Tracy Armstrong. I knew Tracy very little at the time. He comes. We're in the midst of worship. Tracy gets up to begin minister, and he says, hey, somebody in this room has cancer in a feminine organ, and uh, not too many people, I think Radine and I was the only two in the room that knew that she had been diagnosed with cancer. We're, we're the youth pastors, and Raiding goes forward throughout the, the, the crowd, and it, probably a holy hush came over the place like, Raiding, it's Radine? And he begins to, I believe he had a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. He begins to minister to Raidine. Hey, you've had two tests, and you're going to go get a third test. And when you get the third test, that test is going to come back negative, and cancer is going to be broken in your family, so forth and so on. So it was like a, a quickened word of knowledge and direction, wisdom of what to do. Radine and I decide, okay, we're going to go get this third test. We go to the Insta, uh, Cancer Institute to uh in 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 Boise Idaho we asked for this third test the the doctor was a, a wonderful guy very good in what he skilled and what he did but he wasn't happy with what we were asking and we said sir you know we, we we really need to get this third test and his attitude was like hey you're fasting and your herbs are not going to help you your estrogen is working against you what's going to help you is me we're like please give us a third test And so he agreed on the third test, and he was given the third test, and we were very excited about it. Matter of fact, Radine was laughing, and then he got the third test. He says, i got to go make sure i got enough cells and so forth and so on. He walks out the room. The nurse comes back in the room, shuts the door, and said, what is it with you guys? We're like, this place is a place of death, and you're excited, and you're laughing, or whatever she said. And for me, that was like, please preach the gospel to me. It was. And that's what we did, wasn't it, sweetie? We just sat there and talked to this nurse and told her about the hope inside of us. And Jesus Christ, she says, I'm going to bring my daughter to your church. And hallelujah. That was on a Friday. Over the weekend until Monday, we had to wage a good warfare. What do you mean by that? Paul told Timothy... Let me, I'm going to read it because you need to, you need to hear this. Timothy, 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy. Listen. According to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Reading had a prophecy concerning her. Doctor says this. Prophet says this. Word of God says this. Doctor says this. Over the weekend, we had to wage a good warfare because this ear is hearing this and this ear is hearing this. And it's no matter what you're going through, stand on God's word. No matter when all darkness tries to cover you and all hell break loose in your life. And if you got a word over your life, stand on that word. Stand on, believe the prophet, the Bible says. Believe the prophet and prosper. Well, we stood all weekend and it wasn't that easy. Doctor was going to call on Monday at noon and no, no call at noon. He called maybe at 1230 or 1. I pick up the phone and he won't talk to me, but I got my ear right up to the phone and, and uh, I'm listening. And he, he says something like this. You know, we've had two tests and uh, the cells and there's no cancer in her body. Uh, J-O God doesn't heal it's too late he already has (laughs) it's in his covenant by his stripes we are healed is there a mystery involved in that you better believe it we've seen people wonderful 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 people pass on into eternity But we've also seen people that walk out of here healed. And my wife was totally healed. And I just didn't, even though there was manifestations in her body, there was no cancer. And it was so beautiful. I don't know why and how God does all that he does, but it's true of what he does. So I want to encourage you, no matter what, you stand on the word of God. God is looking for a generation who is not moved by what they see and what they hear but they stand on God's word. There is a generation that God wants to raise up who's going to pursue the sound and is going to be carriers of the sound, and is going to be carriers of the promise of God to this generation. Let me leave you with a couple of thoughts that ties in with prophecy, the sound, and guidance. The first one is I believe that God wants to release gifts in your life this year. Gifts of God. Sometimes we have gifts and we don't understand what they are. Sometimes we have to take a gift test to realize what they are. I want to let you know right now, you need to feel me. Sometimes things are better caught than taught. I have had things released in my life that did not come from a classroom setting and a whiteboard. Kim Clement prayed for me in Detroit Michigan in a basement and my life is never ever ever when I get to heaven I'm a high-five Kim Clement I'm gonna tell you right now because my life has been totally wrecked in a good way ever since then something was imparted to me with him laying his hands on me with an African accent whatever you have whatever I have I pray that it'll be released to you and when your head feet I mean it was amazing God released something in my life it wasn't a classroom-setting church. It was something that of the spirit. Listen to the scripture. 1 Timothy 4:14, 4, "Do not neglect the gift that is in you. Where did the gift come from? Listen, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of eldership. You mean the gift didn't come from? a classroom setting? or a small group? Or no. It came from prophecy of the laying on of elders. Something was supernaturally released and he was gifted. Listen to this one. God uses man to bring a spiritual impartation to a church, to a region, and to individuals. What do you mean? Back it up with scripture, okay? Romans 1, uh, 11. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. Why so that you may be established. God wants you to be armed and dangerous. He wants you to be loaded cock rock ready to just rock for the kingdom of God. He wants you to be gifted and released in your gift imparted to I believe this is going to take place next week into some great degree uh, during the sound listen to this was second Timothy 1:6 therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you how through the laying on of my hands there is spiritual impartation there is i'm telling you divine interaction and divine direction and a sound from heaven that comes through his voice how many of you remember elijah prayed and it didn't rain for three and a half years how many of you would just honestly freak out right now if somebody prayed and it didn't snow in quarter lane for three and a half years okay, you would be like, wow, I mean, that's a prayer right there, man. This truly happened. He, he prayed, and it did not rain for three and a half years. Then God spoke to him, and it was going to rain. Even though he had a word, you find Elijah, this amazing prophet, on top of a mountain called Carmel. He has his head between his legs i love this because it just busts you out of religiosity and just sunday church you know what i'm saying it's just like hey get up on the mountain put your head between your legs which is a a birthing position and he began to cry out to god and he had a little servant there and he says go out there tell me if you see a cloud servant would run out there Man, high pressure cell, don't see a cloud. No, sir, don't see a cloud. Go again, go again, go again. He goes out back and forth seven times. The seventh time, he comes back and he says, I saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. Oh, you better get ready. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. A sound of abundance of rain. The drought is coming to an end. That's what the sound will do. Your marriage in drought. Your health in drought. Your business in drought. Your spiritual walk in drought. Your children in drought. I want to let you know the sound will come. And it will break the drought in your life. It will break the addictions. It'll break the lies of the enemy, the sound of abundance of rain. And it's coming. And it's here.